Basketball can be a mysterious sport. The team whose logo is in this envelope will have the first pick in the NBA draft. Watch James. Now wanted a timeout, but too late to get it. And five minutes go up on the clock, overtime here in game one. Will Giannis win a title in a Milwaukee Bucks uniform? It's hard for me to say that, Jay, considering how loaded the Lakers are. I don't know if you've been watching uh, Taylor Horton Tucker over the last couple of days. But what if those mysteries could be solved? What if those conspiracies are reality? Truth is out there. Can you handle it? Oh, we're finally um, just right there, one week in to the NBA season. Let's not waste some time. Welcome back to the Hoop Truther podcast. As always, Nick Andre at Nick Andre ATR on Twitter. My dude, how are you? Welcome back to the NBA season. Yes, sir. Welcome back, man. Um, week one was already amazing, and we have about probably three weeks to go, so hey, let's get started. Yeah, we've got some surprises, some non-surprises. We're going to cover all of that in the episode. Really loose form, just going to go watch, like, take a look at the standings, take a look at the scores right now, talk about what we've seen so far. Um, I don't know, Dre, do you want to start with Good news or bad news? Let's go with some good news. Let's definitely go with some good news right now. Because okay. I'm, I'm sure we're going to get into a Let's lot of this do... shit later on. <laughs> good news. The Jazz are 3-0. and I guess that's good news for the Jazz, people in Utah, and um, people that are tanking and didn't want to see them join the race this year. Dre, have you watched the Jazz at all this year? Well, I'm currently watching now. They're um, they're actually losing right now to Utah, or um, to Houston right now at halftime. But I was I haven't been able to watch the games live. But I've definitely went back. I went back to watch the Denver game. I actually went back to watch the um, the Pelicans game from uh from a uh, Sunday night. So I haven't been able to watch them live. But from what I've seen, it's been pretty solid basketball from the team. The question is, what the fuck is going on? Because we thought that they were gonna fucking tank, but it's not looking like that right now. So. I think this is a classic case. This is something that we all do. We assumed that they wanted to lose games because they traded Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. And there's a chance that they just might not be. Maybe we would disagree with that because we'd probably tank for Wemby, but maybe they are trying to win games. Let's talk about – let's start with the roster um, because there's actually like 10 to 12 legit NBA players on there, veterans like Mike Conley, Malik Beasley, Jordan Clarkson – and then kind of like veteran young guys like Laurie Markkinen and Colin Sexton, both of which have had really hot starts to the season. Kelly Olynyk looks pretty good returning to play as he did before. Rudy Gay, who couldn't step on the floor last year, is putting in some rotational minutes. He's doing really good. Um, Jared Vanderbilt is destroying things. And then they've got two rookies 
from this draft that they didn't draft. I haven't seen a lot out of Ochai Agbaji so far, but Walker Kessler looks like a potential old rookie second teamer. Uh, really solid seven-foot center. I watched him rip a rebound away from Boban Marjanovic earlier this game, and he's. I've seen some smarter people than me tweeting about him recently too. Just a lot of guys that can play basketball on this roster, and maybe some credit goes to Will Hardy, who – comes from a group of coaches in the Celtics that get a lot out of their roster, out of their role players, and defend really well. Uh, I don't know. I think they just have too many veterans right now. If they really want, and that's to- and that's and that's the thing about it though is because it's like it's like you mentioned before. We expected this team to be in full rebuild mode. Obviously, they traded Rudy Gobert to Minnesota. They right. traded Donovan Mitchell to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. But it's not really. I mean, there's young guys on the team, but there's still a lot of a lot of like Mike Conley, Rudy Gay, Jordan Clarkson, um, uh, who Malik else is Beasley. on there? Uh, Malik Beasley, uh, even Larry Markin is up there as far as being a vet. So Larry looks it's not. Too. Oh yeah, he looks he looks really good. He had a really good game last night um, against against New Orleans. So it's almost like they're not. I mean, it's almost like they are in full rebuild mode, but they still have a lot of vet a lot of vets that are out there that are competing. So. It's kind of the question that we even mentioned before, you know, is this is Utah really looking to really go young? And are they really looking to move those veteran pieces? Because I don't know if you I don't know if you want to do that at this point. I mean, I, I feel like you can still find some value. I feel like Mike Conley can be a really good backup point guard for a playoff contender. Yeah. Obviously, obviously we know how Jordan Clarkston is in, in that six man role. Malik Beasley is an is a good sharpshooter, so yeah. There's still questions in the air. Um, clearly, they're not going to keep this momentum going. Um, we don't see this team being a number one or two seed in the West, right, right, maybe right. even top eight. But I'm going to say, you know, throughout these first three games, they definitely shocked me, you know, with their incredible ball movement, balance scoring. Guys, like you mentioned, Larry Markin is getting into the boards. Um, Colin Sexton, Rudy Gates yeah. has some good solid games offensively. So it's really been a, like balanced scoring for this team. And that's really been the most impressive part for me. They remind me of those Patrick Beverly, Montrezl Harrell Clippers teams before Kawhi and Paul George came to yep. town. A couple of young guys mixed in there. Yeah, really athletic, um, really defensive-oriented, believed in themselves, had a chip on their shoulder. Like, a lot of these guys are quote-unquote cast-offs, like Laurie Markkinen, uh, who didn't get a second contract from his the team that drafted him, went to Cleveland, played pretty well, and then traded for a bigger star. Colin Sexton, whose team didn't want to re-sign him, they valued Karis LeVert over him, traded, and he's kind of played with the chip on his shoulder his whole life. Um, I actually kind of like the way they play basketball, and they have enough talent where I want to see how really good teams play against them. Um, Not that they'll beat them, but if they can expose some weaknesses. I mean, they've already beaten uh, a few teams – that probably shouldn't have, at least off of preseason projections, and they're fucking that up right now. Okay, let's go to some bad news. Let's look at the standings for some bad news. The Kings are 0-3. Um, and it's not because of Darren Fox. Darren Fox is playing really well, over He's 30 points a well. game. Uh, Sabonis looks okay. I haven't watched any of the Kings yet, Dre. Have you? I haven't watched them. Well, actually, take that back. I watched them against, uh, on Saturday night against the Clippers. But even then, I mean, they were they were competing. So I mean, at least from that at least from that game, I, I haven't watched the other uh, two games. But at least in that Clippers game, and I know that the Clippers didn't have Kawhi or John Wall, but they at least still competed for most of that game. 
Yeah, I think Mike Brown locks down the defense there. Kevin Herter, um, from what I've seen, has had a hot start to the season. Pretty good free agent pickup for them. Keegan Murray missed the first game of the season, but he's back mm-hmm. after that, and he had a pretty good debut. I think things will lock into place for them, but a little bit of bad. Like, if you're a Kings fan right now, you're, you're pretty scared looking at that. Let's go to some Eastern Conference uh, good news. I don't know if there really is. The The East only has two undefeated teams right now, which is so funny. The Celtics are 3-0 and and the Bucks are 2-0. and Bucks have only played two games, which is weird. They don't play for another couple days, I don't think, either. Um, how about the Wizards, 2-1? and Kyle Kuzma looks pretty good. Kristaps Porzingis looks pretty good. Bradley Beal looks a little bit younger coming off the season. Johnny Davis does not look like a rotation player in the NBA right now. But the Wizards fans that I follow on Twitter are super pissed about that. Um, but I think Denny already got hurt a little bit. Rui's but sucks too because he was he, he was actually playing well, especially in that Chicago yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they're uh, Monte Morris. I, I think starting point guard Monte Morris is a good look, uh, especially that he has a center that rim runs. Uh, well, not that Kristaps rim runs, but you run him with Daniel Gafford. Pretty mm-hmm. mid roster, but it's it's the best Wizards roster since they had Russ for the playoffs, and I think they probably are better than that team too, right? I agree with that. Um, the Wiz, the Wiz are pretty decent. I mean, it's kind of like it's kind of like what I mentioned. Um, this team is going to be a probably borderline playing team, which I mean, there's nothing wrong with that when you look at the roster. But the team, the team does compete. I'll give it to them. Um, I, li- I like what Kuz has been able to produce this year. Kristaps definitely looks a lot more confident in his game. Um, who else you want to say? I mean, like you mentioned, Monte Morris is a really good um, point guard right next to Bradley Beal in the backcourt. So. It's kind of that's kind of like we mentioned. I mean, we definitely don't expect this Wizards team to really make a lot of noise in the East, but you know they they could definitely you know su- they could probably definitely sustain that eight, nine, ten slot. You know if they can. Yeah, they might get a little bit better than that depending on the season. They're also swarmed in a lot of not a lot, but some uh, trade rumors. Kuzma especially, who I think is up for an extension, and the way he's playing, especially if he was on a contender, would probably get a pretty fat contract right now. Uh, I think the rumor is that the Heat in particular have come calling about him, as they have for a lot of fours, realizing that they don't have any power forwards. The concern that you and I had for them before the season was they had no power forwards. They're one and two. That doesn't mean anything. It's three games in. Uh, Two teams that we wanted to, at least I wanted to, stop tanking um, and really compete this year. OKC has a bit more of a reason with Chet Holmgren being out, but they're also just holding Shea and Josh Giddy out of games. The Magic are 0-3. Um, they have some injuries of their own. Jalen Suggs got hurt early in the season, and Markel Fultz is still out, um, mm-hmm. which really, really sucks. But Van Carroll looks great. 0-3 for both of them. Are, are they going to add Wemby to their to their arsenals? Do you think they turn around at all? I mean, OKC probably not, right? OKC yeah, probably OKC, OKC probably won't. Um, Orlando, I feel like, will make a run. But, they, I mean, you never know. I mean, honestly, if you could imagine having that type of squad, like Wemby, Paolo, Franz. But the thing about it is that if that happens, like, where does where does when a Carter get minutes? Yeah, I know. I mean, that's yeah. also just, like, a super future question, too. And right. that means nothing. I think, like – the Suns last year like started like one and four and they ended with 65 mm-hmm. games. So it doesn't matter yeah, true. at all. We're just trying to play what we've seen so far. Um, the Wolves are two and one, but they're getting like 20 balled by the Spurs right now. So let's, here's the thing with the Wolves. 
I think I have a lot of hope in them this season. I picked them third for the West, and I'm not going to change anything based off of three games. It looks like they need to get acclimated, and unfortunately, they're down by 10 by the Spurs uh, uh, um, at halftime right now. So, and the Spurs have looked nice. We'll talk about them in a second. I think they're a team that just could use a point guard, like an actual yes. point guard that yes. can run the pick and roll because they could overcome the issues that come with an offense if they do like a really complicated offensive scheme and Cat and Anthony Edwards' both offensive awareness has become a lot better because they're both great scorers, but that doesn't mean they have awesome offensive awareness. But all of that doesn't matter if you just have a point guard. It's a lot of the issues that you have in Milwaukee where – they do a lot of complicated stuff. They're starting to run Spain pick and roll and stuff like that to really open up movement for Giannis and the shooters around him. Um, but if they just had a point guard, like an actual point guard, a lot of things would just be easier. You saw how much Joel Embiid's life got a little bit easier when he got like a regular guy in James Harden, who was a regular guy last year. He's a little bit better now. Um, so far. <laughs> yeah, so far. So... I think they just need a point guard, and it sucks because D'Angelo Russell isn't bad. Like, if they had a Mm -hmm. point guard who was exactly as good talent level as as, uh, D'Lo, but just was a a passer instead of a scorer, they had – well, Ricky Rubio sucked in that system, so not Rubio. Um, I think he'd be great. So they don't have any picks. They can move D'Lo if somebody wants him, but I don't know if someone does, and if they do – I don't know if they can trade D'Lo for any amount of value that would replace the amount of value he has to the team right now because of his contract. Um, Cole, so um, yeah, so no. just real quick, you you mentioned Rubio. Could yeah. that be on the table? Like, would Cleveland no. want to give him up? Probably not. But. No, Cleveland loves Rubio, and Rubio loves Cleveland. He went back to them right. even after trading him. He's playing with Kevin Love where he did it. Um I think there's going to be people out there that are available for trade for guards. I think um, by the time the trade deadline comes out, he's only been he'll only have been playing for a few weeks, anyways. Um, Signed a three year deal. I don't think Cleveland's going to punt on that. Uh, but I, I need to see more with the Wolves before I I ditch them a little bit. Uh, right. Great. Talk about the Spurs. You just watch with the Spurs at all? I've seen like just a tiny bit. I watched the game against Philly on Saturday, and <laughs> let me just say, man, um, shout out to Trey Jones because Trey Jones was yeah. absolutely killing them on the inside. Like he was just literally, literally getting past Embiid with no remorse and just really getting to the rim at will. Um, Philly is another team that is still yet to have a win. I actually, I think they're playing Indiana tonight. I don't know if they, uh, I don't yeah, know if they're, they're winning yet or not. They're gonna win this game. They're up 18 with two minutes left. I don't okay. think they're okay. capable of blowing this lead, so they should be one in three by the time this recording's over. All right, so sounds good. They're, uh, so they're finally going to get a win on the board, but <laughs> but yeah, I mean, honestly, I like I like I like the Spurs. You know, obviously they're one of those teams that are still young and still trying to figure things out. But when you got guys like Trey Jones, Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, really great young, uh, really great young talent who can really uh, who really have a bright future, that just really shows that you know that the team's going in a really good direction. I don't know if Pop is going to stick around for that future. Like, who knows? Right. That's kind of up in the air. But this team is really good. Um, this team is really good. I think they're in a really good position right now. Um, obviously, they're not really making a lot of noise as far as, like, you know, being a contender. But they're going in the right direction. 
It's cool. Trey Jones, we, I think we should have just assumed he would eventually become a rock-solid NBA player like his brother Tyus in Memphis. They're just both good basketball players. There's getting some real run out of Zach Collins. Uh, I don't know how good he really looks, but it's the most he's played in a few years, which is a good sign in general. You mentioned the the younger guys, but also the most tenured guys on this roster, and uh, Keldon Johnson and Devin Vassell. Vassell scoring. He's scoring right now. Um, I like it. I like breakout it, right now. Maybe a full-on breakout a little bit later, but right. um, Soham looks pretty fun too. I think he's got really high basketball IQ for a rookie. Why, let's let's take a minute. Um, give me one more thought on the Spurs, and why don't we just talk about the rookies in general? Um, what else can I say about the Spurs? Uh, the only thing yeah. I really say is that they're moving in the um in the in a better direction. Um, it's tough to, because like when we mentioned. A lot of these young teams like Houston, Detroit, Orlando, it's like San Antonio doesn't really get caught in the mix. I don't know if it's just because of the history. You know, we're so accustomed to them winning that we don't really pay yeah. attention to like to, to like to the direction that they're going in now. But these guys compete. That's one thing that I'll say. You know, these yeah. guys compete. And that game against Philly that I watched on Saturday is definitely a testament to that, you know, especially in that fourth quarter. Where they were really just, you know, what they were really just getting getting whatever they wanted on the offensive end. So San Antonio definitely competes on a um, on a nightly basis and they're gonna be fine this year. That's what they will say. They're they're gonna be fine this year. Yeah, I, I think, you know, in comparison to the the Magics, the Pistons, the Rockets, those types of guys that you mentioned, I think top end talent is where they're beat, but there is legitimate young talent on that roster and Joshua Primo, Devin Vassell, Kelvin Johnson, Jakob Pertle, who's still, you know, not a veteran, I don't think. I mean, more so than the other players and all that, blah, blah, blah. Um, and Sohan, who just a bunch of guys that can do it. What they need is that franchise player, and you assume that they would tank this year to land that guy. We'll see if that's still on the cards. Rumor is the Lakers are in touch with them too. Let's save the Lakers for later. It's going to take a Yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, definitely. Last year, um, every like couple of episodes, we would just gush about the rookie class because it looked so good. Every week, so many players contributing to good teams, bad teams, all in between. And this year, it looks like a lot of the same. I'm going to just pull up the draft. We can talk about them. Obviously, Paolo um, is – Man, like so like – so, Yeah. So, so there is a guy that – you know, I mean, I mean, we get it. You know, we know what Paolo's been doing and everything, but <laughs> – there is a guy that I need to get into because Please. over these first few games, he has been sensational. Benedict Matherin yeah, yeah. for Indiana. Honestly, I'll be honest. Like the one, like one of my concerns with him was that can he really develop a perimeter game? Because we know how athletic he is. We know how he is as far as attacking the basket. But can he really, de- um, can he really develop a, um, a consistent perimeter game? Can he really create for his own shot and everything right. and so on? And he has definitely done that so far yeah. in these first few games this year. Um, I have the stats right up here. He's averaging 24 a game throughout the first um, throughout the first three games of the year, shooting 50. percent So I mean that that's just flat out incredible. Um, I know I know the talks have been around, you know, Paulo, Jaden, Ivy, and the rest of these guys, Keegan Murray, but Ben. I think Ben will possibly right up there. I feel like he'll. Pro- I feel like he could possibly get all rookie first team. I feel like I feel oh, like I, I feel yeah, like that should be easy yeah. for him. Yeah, but yeah, as far as that, as far as a rookie of the year candidate, he can be up there as far as top three, top four. I I fully agree. Um, Matherin looks awesome. I, I think the uh, the Cavaliers, um, the Pacers, 
have a pretty similar backcourt. It's Garland and Mitchell, kind of a similar uh, dynamic with Halliburton and with Matherin. It's just a few years younger. I think they just got their backcourt for like the next decade if they, you know, if they manage them uh, well enough and the coaching. I like Carlisle. I would like to see a younger coach with that team, uh, let them play a little bit more free-flowing, I think, at some point. Every time we're in the situation, I just say, somebody go hire Johnny Bryant in New York. I'm saying it. I said it then. I'll say it now. Go hire Johnny Bryant in New York if you want to coach for your young team. But he looks great. Shooter, off Phenomenal. the bounce, off the dribble. Like you said, perimeter game. It's not that he's developed a perimeter game. He's come into the NBA with a perimeter game, and it's only going to get more advanced than it is now. Um, I think the mid-ranger is a little bit more uh, the motion. I think he's a bit more comfortable um, with the mm-hmm. three at some times. The finishing, he's, I think. The crazy thing bit. is he's shooting 52.5% from three, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On, yeah, yeah. on seven attempts. Lighting it up, volume shooting. Um, we're going to give him time on defense, obviously. He's a bit smaller, but he didn't look as small on the court than I expected when I actually watched right. him during a game. Um, and I like what the Pacers are doing. I think I would hope that they tank this year. It would be really cool to get those two guys a, a one by Oh, yes. Please. And other guys. I need to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, that is a phenomenal pick and roll, a great rim runner for a guy like Tyrese Halliburton. Oh, my God, yes. Please make I, it, I, it would be lovely. I'd be a huge fan. Um, let's. So you talked about Matherin. Let me pull up a different guy. Yeah, you're right. Fuck the top like two, three guys. Let's just do some guys that we've seen so far. Um, I like how what I've seen out of Christian Brown for Denver. He's playing a lot of Bruce Brown type of minutes. Um, he is. Wing, but like a wing two guard. So he point of attack defender. Um, sticky hands. He's making his corner threes, his spot up threes. It's really important for his playing time. Um, and he's a good rebounder for his size. I, I don't know if they nailed that pick, but they definitely got what they expected when they drafted him. Um, still no minutes for Marjan, so it sucks to see. Jaden Ivey looks good for the Pistons. Their rotations are kind That's of really good. right now. Um, they're not getting tons of minutes. Um, Anybody else that you've got on your list that you've been checking out lately? Um, not really that come up to mind that's really had like really good good performance. I, I haven't really watched a lot of Houston, so I don't know if Tari Eason has really got his got some good run. Yeah, or not. Stephen Silas's rotations are really weird. I don't know if it's on purpose. I don't know if that's his style, but Shen Goon is still coming off of the bench and he plays limited minutes. He prefers Bruno Fernando or even Usman Garuba in the starting lineup to him. Tari Eason gets some minutes, but he really should be starting at the three or the four. And when Eason's on the floor, you can tell that he has some hiccups, some rookie mistakes, but he gets a ton of offensive and defensive rebounds. He's a good defender, and I've seen the three go in uh, on several occasions. I, I would prefer him to get some more. Jabari Smith Jr. looks pretty good, but he got... Oh, yeah, yeah. No disrespect. This is not a mean thing whatsoever, but he got demolished by Giannis uh, yesterday or Saturday um, during a day game on both that, ends. There's no shame in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think Giannis might have gone into it like number two pick. He does that sometimes, gives himself fake motiva- motivation. Uh, we mentioned Walker Kessler already. 
I like what I've seen out of AJ Griffin in Atlanta. He's doing similar things to Matherin, a way lower scale for the Hawks, really fill in for the Herder role after he was traded. We know about J-Dub, Jalen Williams in the Thunder, uh, but he's out with an eye injury right now. Uh, got elbowed, I think, by Jaden McDaniels, uh, inadvertent. I saw that, elbow. yeah. Yeah, it wasn't Jeez. on purpose at all. Oh, why don't we close it out with Shaden? You want to talk about Shaden, right? Oh, okay, yeah. Let's definitely get into it. <laughs> Definitely get into it. Um, I mean, I mean, we saw preseason. Honestly, I mean, I know, I know, preseason doesn't matter to a degree, but Shaden was really showing some um, a lot of um, a lot of promise. And I know that there were some concerns because he didn't play one college game, and I know that still pisses off Kentucky fans. But it hasn't been too bad. I mean, I know he's I know he's only averaging around five and a half points, so he hasn't really gotten a lot of playing time, which is you know, which I mean is understandable just because you know it's the regular season now, so it's going to be different rotations and different lineups, but. I really have high hopes for him. I, I've, I've been on record saying that I would hope that one day he could start next to Dame in the backcourt. It may happen, may not happen, who knows? Yeah. But I think I think as the season progresses, hopefully Chelsea Bills will continue to put more trust into a guy like Shaden Sharp and give him more minutes. But once he once he does see the floor, you know he's able to, he's able to light it up offensively. So that's definitely not um, not an issue. Defensively, he can um, he can show a little bit more work, honestly, you know, as far as, you know, putting more effort on the end. But besides that, I mean, I, I, like, I like what he brings to the table offensively. I like Shane Sharp, too. I didn't love him in the draft process, but I just like seeing a lot of data, and I don't need to, you know, especially shot creation scoring in the off, in, in the half court, I think is one of the most difficult things to evaluate from uh, high school even to college and then to the NBA, and we didn't have any college tape on him. I always defend or, um, prefer, like, defensive players. That's why I wanted Dyson Daniels in that spot, but – he looks like he can score, man. Like he's got crazy touch. Might be a three-level scorer. Um, we'll see if you get that backcourt wish with Dame, but I just want some more minutes for him. See what else he can Facts. do on the court. Uh, make him let him make mistakes. You know, although that, that Blazers team, we can talk about that Blazers team. They look uh, okay. Let me. They're they're three and zero right now. They got a game scheduled for later today against the Nuggets. That'll be a real test for him. But Jeremy mm-hmm. Grant is like that that wing guy that they've been looking for forever, yep. forever. You see the clutch bucket against LeBron, against the Lakers yep. the other day? Yeah, but I watched that game. I watched the game yesterday. It was crazy. That's just like, you know, tough. Um, Dame looks great. I think he's he's actually healthy. We know he wasn't really healthy last year with that core injury. I think I want to say, um, yeah, I'm about to say, I think I want to say Simon's had a game winner against Phoenix. I believe. Yeah, yeah. It was Simon that night. Yeah. Good. Um, the bench looks okay. Nurkic, I think, has had like an up and down start to the season based off of like yeah, stuff he's that I've read. he's been iffy to me. Um, but they look better. I mean, they're three and zero, but that doesn't. I mean. I don't know what that means for their uh, possibilities for the playoffs. I haven't seen much about Gary Payton yet. I feel like I heard he wasn't healthy to start the season, or at least like fully healthy. Uh, it's interesting for the Blazers, though. Moving on from the rookies, some more. T- let's let's just pick some teams out of a hat. Um, the Pelicans, yeah, first few games. So news out of the Pelicans is that Brandon Ingram has a concussion. Uh, he's ruled out. He's in concussion protocol. All all prayers out to Brandon. I'm sure he'll be fine out there soon. Concussions aren't um, 
uh, very common for NBA players. But Dre, I'm sure you were attuned to what he was doing before that concussion, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, just, I mean, we can even date back to the Brooklyn game where they just really went into Barclays and just really beat the dog shit out of the Nets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And honestly, man, um, this Pelican team, this Pelican team is going to be good for a long time. They're going to be good yes, for sir. a very, yes, very sir. long time. Um, not only just Brandon Ingram, but man, you got CJ McCollum, who's you know being a key vet for the team. I really like what he's been doing even since last year. And then, of course, we all know that we all know the biggest story of the team: Zion being back. Yes, sir. We just gotta call it what it is, man. Like, like there's there's nobody there's nobody that can guard it, man when he's when he's going to the basket. Like, there's nobody that I can think of. Maybe maybe Giannis is probably the only guy that I could think of that could possibly stop him. Not but, in the transition, but I, I think right. I mean I think Zion in general struggles a little bit with the with the post up. But in transition, I would argue that there's pretty much no one, and uh, except exactly. for like a guy with a, a cheap charge call. Exactly, because I mean I'm looking back at the um, at the Brooklyn game. There were there were many positions where they put Ben on Zion, and it was just and like I mean Ben, we all know Ben Simmons to be an elite defender, but you know it, it was it, it was just easy money for Zion all around, but. Yeah, they beat Brooklyn the first game. They beat um, Charlotte the next game. Obviously, Charlotte doesn't have Lamella Ball, but um, right. and then and then they lost. They actually lost a thriller last night to um, to Utah. But actually, I mean, give credit to them because they actually made a uh, they actually made a pretty good comeback. They were down by like eighteen points like early in the fourth, and they end up storming back into the game. So the Pelicans are going to be fine. You know, the two and one right now having some good showing. Not even just them. You know, Herb Jones continuing to play well. Um, Larry, I like Larry Nance. I like I like what he brings to this team as well. Yeah. So I mean, it's just it's just an abundance of guys that's really um, stepping up this year for them. Yeah, Larry Nance has pretty much taken all of Jackson Hayes's minutes. Um, Twenty minutes a game. Jackson's down to three, and he's only played in one game. Uh, and I don't disagree with the move. He's a lot more versatile on defense. He can make a few more shots on offense. And he made the three he, now. He's added that he to the game. The three, yeah, a decent amount, you know. And he's not even like the backup forward getting the most minutes. That's Trey Murphy, baby. Twenty-seven point seven minutes a game. Just he's he's shooting five threes a game and making three of them. Sixty percent right now. Just emptying it into the bucket. Don't forget our boy, Jose Alvarado. They're playing Devontae Graham over Dyson Daniels right now. I think that's more so to pump uh, Devontae Graham's uh, value because he's got like three years left on his deal and the Pelicans have no plans for him anymore. Um, I don't don't blame him. Yeah, I think Dyson will show up. I mean, he's also 19, so they can save it. Like you said, they're going to be good for a long time because they're so young. Um, and shout out Jonas. We always love Jonas. Uh, oh yeah, that's the reason. I would love, yeah, personally, I would love to see Najee Marshall get more opportunities because I feel like I feel like he can be a really solid scorer when given the ball to. But it just to take the opportunities. Like I think even last night he played 13 minutes, had seven points. So I mean, pretty decent to say the least. But I feel like we could just get more out of him, in my opinion, if he gets more I- opportunity. Yeah, I think with the with the Ingram injury, it might help to get some more shot makers into the game. Probably there there there's enough of them right now uh, if they are all healthy with CJ, Zion, Jonas, and Ingram all taking shots. Um, but they're deep, they're young. Willie Green has them playing hard every single night, and had them playing hard in a near upset in the first round last year against the Suns. Keep an eye out for the Pelicans. A lot of people have them chosen as this year's Grizzlies as the young team that overachieves in the regular season. 
Um, let's go over to the Eastern Conference a little bit. How about we talk about the Hawks, where Trey Young is still as good of an offensive player, probably the best point guard in the league, not named Trey, uh, not named Steph Curry. Dejounte Murray looks to be. I think he's figuring out a little bit on offense, and it, the MIDI was automatic for him last year. It hasn't been so far in Atlanta, but on defense, right. he's fucking shit up, and he's still getting to the rim again, finishing. DeAndre Hunter, hey man, they paid him, and he looks like he, but he doesn't look like a ninety-seven whatever it was million dollar guy, but he looks pretty solid so far, right? Yeah, he looks pretty good. A couple of uh, off the dribble sort of things, and then John Collins, Clint Capella, Onyeka Kongu off the bench. You watch the Hawks at all so far? I watched the game um, last night against Charlotte. Yeah, let me just say shout out to my guy Pat Benson. I, I was kind of talking with him a little bit about it on Twitter. <laughs> the, the Hawks just stunk defensively last night. I mean, there's no other way around it. I mean, I think yeah. Kelly Uber had like around like 25 or maybe a little bit more. Um, so I guess you could say they're still trying to find a defensive identity. But I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you have a guy like, you have a guy like uh, Dejounte Murray who definitely is a really great perimeter defender. So that definitely does help. Yeah. Um, but. The Hawks will be fine. You know, I still think the Hawks will be at least top five or top six in the East, in my opinion, depending on, you know, how Cleveland looks, how Chicago looks. I think they can definitely be out in the mix. Um, like you mentioned, Trey's been pretty solid throughout this year. Um, DeJounte, DeJounte just, you can tell DeJounte is still trying to figure out his way into offense, but he has been yeah. have, he, he has been trying to figure out, to say the least. And, you know, he's he's been looking pretty well to me. So, I mean, like, I mean, it's only been, what, two, three games for them so far. Yeah, they still got a long way to go, so. I'm pretty. I'm. I'm still pretty confident in the Hawks um, this year. Yeah, I am too. Why don't we talk about our own team? So I'm sure you've been watching your team, the Warriors. Give me like we can do a few minutes on each of our teams. How have you? How are you feeling about the Warriors start so far? Two and one. <sighs> Two and one. I mean, it's 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 decent, but we really have not been playing that well to say the least. We got we got beat the shit out of by Denver on Friday. <laughs> we were up damn near 30 going into the fourth last night against Sacramento before they made their comeback. Yeah. So I don't know if it's really like, you know, that championship, um, that championship feeling where it's like, you know, you kind of let your foot off the gas, but hopefully we can turn things around. Um, Clay kind of, Clay, Clay struggled to say the least last night against Sacramento. Uh, thank God for Jordan Poole, who ended up stepping up with 24 points. But I think Curry had like 33 or 34 for the game. So we just got to figure out how to really keep our foot in the gas and how to close games. But the thing about Golden State now is that there's not a lot of vets in the second unit and right. a lot of young guys, James Wiseman, Moses Moody, Kaminga. So it's going to be a challenge for these guys to really step up for the second unit and really figure out how to keep that momentum going because we know what the starters can do, Steph, Draymond, Clay, and the rest of the guys. But the second unit is going to have to really help us really keep these leads up. Kaminga hasn't been hurt. Has he been hurt or anything? Mm, not that I've seen. No. Right now, I'm seeing he's played three. He's played nine minutes a game. Did Clay take all his minutes? <sighs> you know what? Honestly, he didn't really play a lot in the Sacramento game. I'm not. I'm not. A, I haven't heard anything that he's been hurt. I haven't seen any signs or anything. So, right. I, I don't know if. Yeah, I don't know if Steve Kerr is trying to try different lineups or trying to try different rotations, seeing who fits and who doesn't. But Kaminga's versatility, I know, I know that there's been a lot of talks about Kaminga. People question his work ethic and everything. I feel like he's fine. He's a he's a young player. He's gonna figure it out. He's on a championship team. There's no way they're gonna let him slack as far as you know having a lack of work ethic and still be on that team. But 
I think he'll be fun. He still brings a lot of versatility to on the court on both ends of the floor. I think he'll be fine, honestly. I just I just think that he you know he need, he needs he needs just a little bit more playing time, a little more run, and we'll see yeah. what he can do. Weird. I thought he would get a, a lot more minutes to start this season right now. Um, you got multiple guys. Clay's at 23 minutes a game, not playing awesome. I don't think we need to have a conversation about Clay, but he becomes I mean, in your opinion, you know, everyone talks about the extensions, who's going to be here and who's not. Everyone talks about Draymond because of, you know, the on-court and the off-court stuff. But it becomes closer and closer to Clay every day, right? Yeah. Um, I think we just have to understand that this is not the old Clay, you know. And we and we have to be understanding that, you know, he went through two major injuries. So he's definitely lost a step. Right. Especially on defense, you could definitely see it defensively. As you know, he's really not as elite of a defender as he once was in years past. <sighs> I don't know, man. I mean, I've, I've been hearing a lot of chirps. I've had a lot of a lot of my peers telling me that Clay should be moved. Clay should be moved. I don't know if the Warriors are going to do that because right. of the history, you know, with the backcourt of Stephen Clay. But I just hope that he could figure out his way with this team. I mean, we we clearly saw it last year, but we gave him a pass. You know, we know that he was coming back for the injury because. To be fair, he didn't really play that well in the finals last year, even though we did end up winning the championship. And for the most part this year, he's still trying to find his way, even against the Lakers. You know, he, I mean, he had a pretty solid game against the Lakers, but you could tell that he's still trying to find his way. Didn't really play that well against Denver and definitely didn't play that well against Sacramento last night. So maybe we shouldn't get too caught up in the early season stuff, but hopefully hopefully he'll be able to find his way. I feel like, you know, he's a professional. He'll, he'll try to figure out some way or another to be productive. Wiggins looks great, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Love Wiggins. Wiggins Wiggins might be a fucking all-star again this year. (laughs) That could happen. Hopefully not a starter. Please don't be a fucking starter. But, you know, being (laughs) a reserve, I could definitely see that. 22-6, steals, and 1.3 blocks. That's kind of a nasty three-game line for Andrew Wiggins so far. So, if I I had to say our three most consistent players so far, I would say Steph – Wiggins and Poole. That yeah, probably be I, it. I, I'm not surprised, you know. I mean, that doesn't include the uh, Mr. Reliant, Mr. Reliable, and Kevon Looney. I correct. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgot about him. I got forget about Looney. <laughs> um, Dante's not getting a lot of run right now. He looks pretty green out there. I watched a few minutes. He he adds confusion to to a, to a game, and that can benefit you. It really can. So not a lot of people can create confusion, but. Um, have you noticed anything else about the Warriors before we move on? Steph's averaging 33. I don't know. Uh, I think they're fine right now. I just think that we need to figure out how to really close games. But, you know, this is a team that's figured it out one way or another. So, I mean, we're 2 one right now, which is not too bad. So, we just have to see what happens as, um, as the season progresses. The Milwaukee Bucks are on an 82 win, uh, you know, tra- trajectory right now. Two and zero so far against a fraudulent Philadelphia 76ers team. I will not brag about beating a fraudulent team and molly whopping a Rockets team that had some injuries. And honestly, the Bucks probably should have beaten them by more than 20. So I'm not. What do you honestly have? Like 44 and 12 or something like that? 44 and 12 in in, uh, 28 minutes. He had seven and ones in 28 minutes. (laughs) Uh, Jabari Smith didn't try to. Brooke Lopez looks fantastic the defense is there the rebounding i've seen him block like five different players on 
different types of attempts in two games. His threes are back. I'm not even just talking percentages. I had it somewhere real quick. Hold on, I'll bring it up. But right now, he is shooting 5.7 a game. Let's call it eight and hitting two of them per game. That is 38%, 39%, nearly 40 um, I don't care as much about making them. Obviously, that's spacing. But if he's a volume shooter taking five a game, it opens the offense up a lot, especially for Giannis. So I like seeing that. I love starting Drew and Javon next to each other. They really they both play full court press. They both hound the opposing guards. Honestly, Javon's shot is still looking fine, so he's not really lacking on the offensive end. Really like that idea from Budenholzer. I get why we have to play Grayson at the three. Pat Connaughton and Chris Middleton are both injured right now, but he's not a three. Uh, he's still getting targeted on defense. Smart teams in Philly hardened targeted him over and over again. Maxi got him a few times as well. And then you would watch um, guys like Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. do the same thing. The thing is, even when he wasn't hitting his threes, you notice how different the offensive movement is for the Bucks when he's in there. He cuts. He makes really timely cuts. Um, he drives and kicks. He's got gravity. So when he, even when he pump fakes, if he doesn't get a guy off his feet, a guy comes towards him and he can still drive without committing to the layup and kick it out. And that bends the defense more than pretty much – any guard not named Drew on the roster, and even he isn't incredible at it sometimes. And until Chris and Pat Connaughton come back, Grayson is just a necessary evil in the starting lineup. Off the bench, Bobby looks great. Sergi Baca looks bad. George Hill looks fine, but he's also getting targeted on defense. Give me some. Uh, well, I'll be <laughs> – so dating, dating back to last year when the um, when the Bucks traded for Serge, I thought he yeah. was going to be a really – big difference on the team, especially defensively. But, and I mean, he's, he's had his good moments, but it just has not seemed like it's really worked out for him. And I don't know why personally. I thought he looked really good when he first got to Milwaukee. He had a few games there where he was a genuine rim protector and they hadn't had one all last year. So I guess just seeing anyone block the ball at the rim was like a godsend and the three was hitting as well. Um, I think the issue this year, he just looks a step slower. He's he's a gym rat. I don't think he took the summer off by any means, but I hope it's not an age thing either. Um, I thought that a summer and training camp with the team would get him a little bit more accustomed to the scheme. The team was obviously confident enough to bring him back for a second year in the system if they, you know, to do it. I think he'll be fine. I still think he's just like a fine starting center, but it might be a case that the scheme just doesn't fit him and they might have to look at different options. Hill looks fine. Uh, like I mentioned, he's still getting targeted. Jordan Mora is getting the show us something minutes right now, and it's a waste of time. He does this every single year. I don't mean to be pessimistic, but he'll hit a lot of shots. He'll score at the basket, and he'll 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 care just enough about actual basketball things on offense and defense to keep Bud playing him, and then eventually he loses notice. I mean, he's still not making the right pass. If he if he drives, he's almost 90% guaranteed to go up for a layup or a floater that's often ill-fated instead of kicking it out to the corner or um, an open guy on the wing. He's hitting shots. He's a good he, – he can hit shots. He's a six-foot-eight guy that hits shots. If he ever figures it out, I understand the value of that. I just don't think he will. And I think 
at this point, here's my argument, right, Jay? Jalen Smith in Phoenix got mm-hmm. no minutes in Phoenix until, you know, they had a bunch of injuries during the COVID situation, and then they right. traded him. I bet Jalen Smith looked really bad in practice and really like, you know, like a rookie, like, and that's why they didn't play him. But the second he touched grass in a real game setting, he produced because some guys are just like that. Yeah. And because even this year with Indiana, he looks great this year. And yeah. some guys are just like that. So because there's guys like that out there, you have to give guys minutes just to find out. Gotta give an opportunity. And I think Marjan Bochamp probably looks really, really green and probably pretty bad in practice like a rookie. But I think if you put him in a game, you might be surprised at how calm or more calm he looks in that setting. And if not, then you can stop playing him. At least you've seen on the court what he needs to improve at, as opposed to just seeing him in workouts or in practices or in scrimmages or in preseason or in summer league. That's not the same thing as being in the NBA game. So that's a message to Mike Budenholzer. Give us some goddamn fucking Marjan Bochamp minutes. Wesley Matthews looks incredible. He is a luxury for this team that doesn't necessarily deserve him. The other team that I'm caring about this season. Yeah, please. So so here's my question about Wes. So, I mean, you mentioned about Grayson Allen not being a three. Like, with that, like, do you think Bud should switch that and put Wes at the three or or is he not fit to be a three? I think he'd fit for a three. I think it does a really good job of scoring uh, from the wing. Like he can catch and shoot the three, and he's a better defender. I just mm-hmm. think if you do that, you have zero defenders off the bench, especially if you're not playing Marjan Bochamp. Um, I think it, like like last year they would play uh, Wes at the two when Chris was healthy and start him at the two, but then you still had guys like Pat Connaughton coming off the bench that you could replace him with. So I think. I, I get where you're going with that. I just think until Pat and Chris come back, they probably can't afford to start Wes at the three. I understand that. He's better, uh, a better yeah. fit for sure. It just had me curious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also Ingles will be coming back at some point. Better wing room for the Bucks in general. Um, rumors about Jay Crowder, we can do that right now. I like the fit. I think Jay Crowder like probably makes us a favorite in the Eastern Conference right now, but – we're towing a careful line where we have to consider future seasons, not just this one. And like, if we're at the trade deadline and Jay Crowder is the best we can do, I'm fine with that. But I would really feel like we're settling. I think there's guys out there that are available or going to become available in the next few weeks, months, right before the deadline that will be a better fit for the Bucks this season and following seasons as well. Even if we sign Jay Crowder to an extension, he's just older, and our core is older. We need to focus on guys that are younger. Um, but that being said, he would just be great, you know, starting lineup of Drew, uh, Chris, Giannis, Crowder, and Brooke, and then you take out Brooke and play Giannis the small ball five with Crowder as his four, Chris, and then you do Pat or Javon with Drew. It works really, really well this year, and it, if that's what you want to do, I definitely get it. I just would hope you look at other options before you do that. Uh, and I just, just don't think the Suns will necessarily trade for us. I don't know. Dre, how do you feel about those rumors? I think it's a good fit. Um, yeah. Jay Crowder definitely brings a lot of versatility, at least on the defensive end. He brings a lot of offense with his size. Although he can be a streaky shooter at times, he can knock down the three. So I think he's going to have to definitely elevate yeah. his game on the offensive end just because, you know, you are playing with a Milwaukee team that really does slide off of the perimeter. So 
you're gonna have to be one of those key guys that can knock down shots on um on a consistent basis. But besides that, I like I, I would like to move if they do happen if uh, if it does happen. I was a little concerned when I saw the news because I was like, man, like would they trade a guy like Marjan to get right. a guy like Jay Crowder? Um, would you see Noora being a part of that deal possibly? So Nora can't be traded for a few months because he signed a deal during the offseason. I would I anticipate the Bucks waiting until all of their guys that can be traded become tradable before they make an actual move. I serious and this isn't just me being like a Homer fan. It's like we just drafted this guy. We're never gonna trade him. I like I seriously, seriously don't think that Marjan Bochamp is on the table in any deal, like if a deal for like a Jeremy Grant level player became possible, then I would see Marjan Bochamp being included. But if it's a rotational player in the playoffs, they're not going to trade the guy that they just drafted to become a playoff rotational guy in the past. Like if they were going to trade that pick, it was going to be on draft night. I think now that he's in the system, they're not going to, unless they're really low on him, in which case then they would trade him regardless. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I don't think Horace is making a, a deal this early in the season, and the Bucks haven't looked bad enough to warrant one, anyways. The other team that I've been watching that I'm covering for a Substack is the Clippers. Um, they are two and one. They beat a confused Laker team, a, um, a, a promising Kings team, and then they got beat up by a Suns team that. Is just especially equipped to cover the five-out lineup. I'll talk about the Clippers real quick. Bringing Kawhi off the bench is weird, but let's, I don't care about how weird it is anymore. It's fine. Kawhi Leonard is back playing basketball. We love it. He didn't Facts. play the first half about back-to-back against the Kings. But we've seen him twice this year. John Wall, same with him. They're resting him on back-to-backs. He looks fun. They're fun. I love them. Um, here's the weakness, Dre. I think here's the weakness that we have for the Clippers right now. The five-out lineup with five wing, four wings and a guard or a couple guards and three wings is a really potent lineup for the playoffs. It really works, especially against teams that play limited uh, defensively bigs or don't have point-of-attack defense. But during the regular season, I think it's getting a bit stale. Everyone has a backup center, and they're all like bruisers, so they eventually lose the rebound battle. And if they have downhill pressure, like a guy like De'Aaron Fox we were just talking about, he can just zip by your defense because what the Clippers are lacking um, beyond like a legit protector besides Zubat, who's great, wing defenders, they've got a ton of perimeter defense and post defense, but they don't have point of attack defense. They're actually missing like that Pat Bev guy that they used to have in the past. So guys Mm -hmm. like De'Aaron Fox are going to get that. And if you don't have a guy like Zubats back there to help you, the five out lineup becomes a layup drill. Um, So the solution to that would be obviously go acquire like a point of attack defender, but that's what is on a lot of people's wish list. So Maybe they go out and sign a guy like Dwight Howard or Hassan Whiteside to be their backup center. Honestly, I'd like to see what the French kid, he played at Michigan, but he's from Paris, uh, Diabate, who they signed oh, yeah, the yeah. contract. Mm-hmm. I think he's really athletic. I think he could rim run for you in the pick and roll. And maybe he would show you some flashes of rim protection if you played him with some elite wing guys like Robert Covington and Nicholas Batum. Um, Dre, have you watched the Clippers at all? Did you watch the, the Kings game at all? I, I did watch the Kings game. Um, How did that look? I I, I know that, that Fox was slashing them. How did Sabonis look against the the Wings? Sabonis, he didn't look too bad, honestly. I'm gonna say um, 
he didn't really look too bad. Now, I mean, we all know that his defense is still pretty shit, but I think offensively he, he definitely <laughs> did pretty well to say the least. But I mean, I mean, you're definitely 100 right. I think the Clippers, Whoa. the Clippers are still trying to find. I guess it should. I guess they're still trying to figure out what works for them to a degree because it's going to be a lot of changes. Uh, like for instance, you know, Kawhi Leonard is not going to be coming off the bench the entire season. We all know that's not going to happen. Right, right, right. Um, I don't know if they're going to make a lineup change, maybe in the mid, maybe in the middle of the season where they start John Wall. To me, I think John Wall really does fit for the second unit. I was, right. I was honestly against it at first, but I was like, you know what? Like he does bring a lot of energy. He really pushes the pace for that second unit. So I think if you're Tyler, you probably would want to keep him in, um, in a lot of reason to be that starting point guard. But that is something that they're missing. They're definitely missing point of attack defense. They're definitely missing a lot more size because I mean they're definitely kind of small besides Zubox, to say the least. Right. So I don't know if that's what you're gonna want to look to get. Like like you mentioned, you mentioned guys like Dwight Howard. You mentioned um, Hassan Wide. I don't know if he gets. I don't know if he will fit for this team, but maybe even a guy like Boogie Cousins. I know that he's not really the best defender, but you know he could possibly be a great um, backup backup center. I mean. He, he was with the team before a few years back. He's so familiar with the Clippers, yeah. Yeah, so that might be a possibility, but I think the Clippers will be fine. I think the Clippers were um the Clippers are gonna figure it out. Um Ty Lu is one of the best head coaches in the league. Yes, sir. Um, as like we did mention, oh, well apparently it was Kawhi's decision to come off the bench, which is Yeah, if he if that's what he wants, then who cares? You know, it, it's right. It's, I mean it's not that big of a right. deal. Exactly. I mean, it's weird to me, but at the end of the day, you know, if that's what he wants to do to reserve himself, then so be yeah. it. You know, at the, yeah. you know at, the, at the end of the day, we all know what Kawhi is. We all know what he brings to the table. But, but yeah, missing that point of attack defender for the team, um, I think I think it's definitely something that's a goal. I think it's something that they definitely do need to figure out as the uh, as the season progresses. But besides that, they look they look pretty decent to me. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they need to integrate those pieces, and uh, they're going to have weird roster stuff all season. They announced the the game tomorrow night, which will be uh, to Tuesday the night. The, the more you'll be listening to this Tuesday morning and talking about Tuesday night. Uh, Marcus Morris is out for a personal reason, and Paul George is out with a non-COVID illness. So they are already got some roster churning going on. Luckily, they're one of the deepest teams on paper in the league, and Ty Lu is a master situational coach. So I imagine they'll be fine. Let's wrap up with some scores from today. The Sixers got their first win, beat the Pacers by 14. Not necessarily an accomplishment. The 76ers needed a win, and the Pacers are not that good. The Raptors beat the Heat, and I think that makes the Heat uh, one, like and one and three. three. Yeah. One and three. The the Raptors are now two and two. Um, Raptors have been looking good. Really low scoring game. Those games are always ugly. Raptors South has been up. pretty solid this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love Scotty. I love Pascal, Fred, uh, Christian Coloco, their rookie. I'm enjoying Rockets, Jazz. Rockets are up eight right now on the Jazz. Mm-hmm. I'm watching that right ahead of me. Oh, yeah. The Grizzlies are up 12 on the Nets. The Nets are so sad. But the Wolves are even sadder, down by 17 with eight minutes to go to the Spurs. Wow. Are they at home, too? Uh, Yeah, they are. I actually was watching that game earlier, and the home crowd was booing them. It was a really sad scene. And yet, eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. The Bulls are up 19 on the Boston Celtics. I think they're going to pull off a win 
and take Celtics. That's the first Celtics loss we're going to see this year. Joe Mazzulla just doesn't call timeouts. I don't know if you saw that the other day they were talking about. He doesn't like to call timeouts because he likes their rhythm. And today the Bulls went on like a 33-10 run, and he didn't call a timeout during any of it. <laughs> so that's gonna be an issue. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what 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 if this means anything for the Celtics or not. And we'll wrap it up with some trade talk. With some, you know, I, I really want to talk about this team as little as we have to this year. But the Lakers are terrible, <laughs> and they have re-entered talks with the Spurs, with the Jazz, and potentially with the Hornets. Um, because there is rumored interest in Terry Rozier. Let's just break down all of them real quick. With the Spurs, I assume they would be targeting Sean McDermott, and I don't know if they could get Jakob Pertl, but I guess Jakob Pertl to get a forward and a oh center. Oh, my God. I don't, I don't know if San Antonio gives him up. I'm Probably sorry. not, right? He's really good. Oh, yeah. And yeah. They need Especially a, on the they defensive need a, end. If they trade Russ, they could use like a guard, like a scoring guard, but all of their guards are young. So I don't know if the Spurs makes that much sense. So let's go to the Jazz. The guys that they would want from there are guys like Conley, Malik Beasley. Um, probably Clarkson. Probably Clarkson. Clarkson one of those three guys. And then I don't think they can get Vanderbilt from them. I don't think they can get Laurie Markkinen from them. Um, and – I would say they could get Kelly Olynyk, who would actually be a pretty solid five next to Anthony Davis, but Kelly Olynyk was part of the Donovan Mitchell trade, and he can't be packaged with players in a trade, at least not until later in the season. So it would just be two of those three guards, which doesn't make full sense because they probably need a forward, but if they're swapping for that. So let's say they go for Conley and Malik Beasley and get a new starting backcourt. They can use Pat Beverly and use Beasley as like a small three, I guess. Does that seem solid to you at all? I don't know. It's decent. Um, I would rather see Mike Conley on a better playoff contending team than the Lakers, but I mean, it's not bad. I mean, he definitely can still shoot at this point. His at this point right now, and we all know that the de- that's what the Lakers are desperately looking for. So I'm not mad at it. I really see the fit in Charlotte, though, as a trade partner. They have rumored um, interest in Terry Rozier, and, like, no bullshit, uh, Pat Bev, Terry Rozier backcourt is really, really solid for the purposes. that the Not, Yeah, it's really good. Forward. It's really um, good. And Terry brings a lot more passing than you would think. He did that a lot uh, more for the Boston team the last time he was in, on a contender. And He's then, even been doing it for the most part, even this year, without LaMelo. That's true. That's for true. Point, yeah. Um. And then you can add guys for tax because there are people on that roster that don't need to be there. If you really need another center, you can go after Mason Plumley, even though he's kind of cheeks right now. But there's wings like Kelly Uber. If you want more scoring, he makes 15 million. You can throw that in with a rust deal if you want, or a contract that the Hornets I'm sure want to get rid of right now is Hayward's contract. I've done, I did it, I ran it in the trade machine. Hayward and Rozier's contract works for Russ, and that adds a good backcourt made for Pat Bev and like a legit wing that can score, that can pass, that can shoot for the Lakers. He has injury history for sure, but he's going to be in a very limited role in the Lakers. If you don't believe he can stay healthy, you don't do the trade. But if you do, I think Hayward would fit really well with the small ball lineup that the Lakers are running. Pat Bev, Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. That sounds pretty solid, right? Not not a bad lineup at all. 
Not, not a bad, bad lineup. Maybe you can steal like a, a young guy that they don't play like Book Knight or two in that trade or something. Try and get your, yourself another Malik Monk. But I think that's the deal that makes the most sense to me when I think about what if, like if you're really going to trade picks, which I think is not that smart, but you're not going to trade like Anthony Davis for a bunch of picks again. So maybe you just keep doing this. Um, like, do you think Hayward and Rozier is a better package than Buddy Heald and Miles Turner? I would say personally, no, just because of Miles Turner's versatility as far as being a rim protector, being a rim runner. I honestly like the fit with Miles Turner on the team. I feel like he could really be a really solid piece next to AD in the front court. Um, but I mean, but honestly, I mean, Ro- Rozier Hayward really is bad. And, you know, I've, I've heard some chirps about Gordon Hayward's not happy in Charlotte for whatever reason. Um, I think he wants to win, probably. Yeah, probably so. But honestly, having a guy like Rozier, who does bring a lot of versatility offensively, it definitely does take a missed pressure off of LeBron, which is really what they're looking for, off of LeBron and Anthony Davis to a degree. So that would honestly be a really good piece for them. Um, he's definitely – I guess you could say he's a better overall score Buddy Hill. Buddy Hill is more of like a catch-and-shoot type three-point sniper. He can so, do some self-creation stuff, but he also runs off of uh, stuff. But off I, of screens. I pro- I'd probably give the creation angle to Terry, but Buddy, right. yeah, Buddy is more versatile than a catch-and-shoot guy, which is not what, what you said. Right. So I guess you could say from that perspective, but either either way it goes, I feel like if they make the trade with Indy, if they make the trade with Charlotte, the Lakers yeah. are definitely way better than what they are now. Yeah. I think we both agree to that. So I think, I think it's a win either. Or, I think LeBron yeah, the ball is great. And Anthony Davis is like healthy right now. And if they add a couple of legit, like if they have a legit five, then I would give them a chance in any playoff series. Um, but they just need to get to that point where the roster is there. If there's a trade, we'll cover it. Um, I don't think there's going to be anything. Like the Lakers pulling the a trigger on something soon seems pretty realistic. But beyond that, I think teams are going to stand pat until they can really see how their teams, their rosters shake out. Pretty fun. There's so many games every night. I'm going to keep watching after we record now. Nuggets Blazers at 7 starting right now. Actually sounds lovely. I think that's what I'm going to do. Maybe chef up a little Dinsky before I do that. But in the meantime, before we release again, Dre, give me your plugs. What what else are you recording? What else are you releasing right now? Yes, sir. Make sure to follow us at Hope Truth Pod on Twitter. Follow myself and Nick Andre ATR. Um, Definitely give us... um, Definitely give us five stars if you can. We definitely appreciate the support. Um, make sure to follow Count the Bucket as well. That's my uh, my weekly show on Sundays at um, 9.30 Eastern. Follow us there at Count Bucket USN. Subscribe to the Patreon. I got a lot of things coming. I actually have a series that's getting ready to start next week titled NFL Players. That so a lot of tennis coming. Make sure to uh, make sure to follow me to uh, get in touch with, it, with everything that's going on. Everything that he said, also, um, you can follow me on Twitter at underscore Guccifer if you'd like. Substack is going out every Monday morning. I'm shooting out newsletters. This week was the super important to be taken as gospel first week reactions to the Bucks and Clippers 
first weeks. Uh, Bucks went 2-0 and Clippers went 2-1. and I give all my reactions to that. Go and subscribe if you want. It's free, obviously. And I guess you get a newsletter every week covering those two teams, my pick for the NBA Finals. That's pretty much what I've got. Maybe some more things in the pipeline, but nothing else until then. I appreciate you guys opening your third eye and tuning in with the truthers once again. We will see you next week. Deuces. Peace.